Hey, this is Max Weinberg from the East Street Band. You're listening to Tramps Like Us, the Bruce Springsteen podcast with Lee McCormick. This is Tramps Like Us, a Bruce Springsteen podcast, episode 71, Springsteen Fandom, volume 9. We're back once again with another friend, another fellow Bruce fan to discuss their fandom. I love doing these episodes, you know, just connecting with another fan, talking about their musical journey on E Street, how they got there. All the stories are similar, yet different. This time I had the privilege of talking with Sam Grosso. Sam's a cool guy from Toronto and a supporter of live music having owned a few clubs here in the city over the last few decades. Currently, Sam is the proprietor of the Cadillac Lounge, one of my favorite joints here in Toronto. I met up with Sam there, and we talked about the boss. I appreciate you downloading and listening to the show from the website TrampsLikeUsPod.com or from iTunes or on Spotify. Be sure to check out the Facebook group page to leave a message and stay in contact. So let's go. Join myself and Sam here at the Cadillac Lounge. He's got a handful of Bruce stories to tell. So we're here in a uh, Sunday afternoon in Parkdale, snowy but sunny day here with uh, Sam Grosso. You're the proprietor of the great Cadillac Lounge here in Toronto. I am. Very like great rock and roll, rockabilly, very uh, pro Elvis, very pro Springsteen, like three of my favorite things. So, <laughs> right. So uh, tell us a little bit about you and the, and the, and the, and the Cadillac Lounge for sure. Yeah, Start yeah. Off well, definitely. I've been, I've been in the bar business for uh, 24 years and uh, the Cadillac's been around for um, just about 19 years, and um, so yeah, the Cadillac Lounge. Just I guess it's a, an extension of my personality, of my musical tastes, and uh, so yeah, Elvis and Springsteen and Rockabilly. Yeah, and yeah, Buddy a lot of good core here. You come here to get a beer, you're always going to probably hear a couple of Springsteen tunes, a couple of Elvis songs playing. Right? You yeah. should. Or, yeah. or they're playing the wrong playlist. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So we have a few mutual friends. We're just talking about Charles Harrison. Uh, he's been on the show before a bit, right? And I did a thing with uh, Jeff Coney. Oh, Jeff? Yeah, you know, yeah, Jeff, yeah. yeah he's, he's a horseshoe guy. He's a big Springsteen fan too, right? So, uh, 
So yeah, and I've met you a few times. So I just wanted to talk with Springsteen here. Yeah, sure. I think with another I know fan. I that guy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so uh, so let's let's start, man. When did your fandom evolve? Like, were you always a Springsteen fan from the beginning, or did you yeah. did you love him like after some other artists? Or? Well, I'm 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 almost fifty one, so my Springsteen discovery was kind of strange. But um, when I was younger, I really loved uh, Elvis and Buddy Holly, and uh, I guess Elvis because my sisters, I had two older sisters, and they always Elvis. So I got into it. Like you, like childhood, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah like I was a big Elvis fan. Like talking about three or four years old. Like I remember yeah. my earliest memories are Elvis yeah, songs, yeah. right? I wouldn't leave my house until my hair looked just like Elvis. Yeah. Like, you know. And uh, so I was always into that, and then you know that kind of got me into Buddy Holly and all that kind of like really roots Americana kind of music, but. <laughs> but, then, but but you said you said you're about fifty, so this would have been like early seventies, I uh, guess, right? Yeah, when you were a little kid, seventy-five. And that music wasn't really, you know, part of the mainstream, but I guess no. it was still there, right? Like your yeah, we, relatives and stuff were still playing. My it, mom, so. my mom would always make my sisters clean the house on the weekends, and uh, they would always have the oldies channel on. Right. So I got into it, right? Yeah, for sure. But um, they they all my two older sisters also worked at Maple Leaf Gardens. And um, and so I'm I got two older sisters and an older brother and there's eight years between myself and my older brother and my parents would be working a lot they're immigrants and you know we had to make things work and so they were working day and night my sisters were working part time at Maple Leaf Gardens so in the snack bars there you know so yeah. sometimes they they'd have to take me to work with them. Yeah, because they didn't, couldn't find a babysitter or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> take me to work with them. So I'm like, I'm like, you know, nine, ten years old, and I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. So they would take me, and uh, and I remember uh, the first time they took me was like a concert at at Maple Leaf Gardens, and it was called the um, the Policeman's Association Ball. It was a yeah. Policeman's Ball, but it was always country themed, right? And it was. Um, it was uh, um, George Jones and Barbara Mandrell and the Good Brothers who ended up playing downstairs here at the Cadillac. Yeah, so they're, they're local Toronto country yeah. guys, right? So, and then the headliner was uh, Conway Twitty. And to me, it was like watching Elvis. It was like he came on stage and <laughs> and I never seen this. Before. The women went crazy. Superstars is like the seventies, probably. So he probably had like the rhinestone. Jumpsuits then a little bit probably. Uh, no, I don't think he had the jumpsuit. He just came on. I just remember his hair. His hair was like perfect, right? His hair was great, <laughs> and he had this like really cool kind of baritone voice, and he had some kind of like really dirty lyrics. And women went nuts. But... <laughs> I'll come right out and tell you, I just love to lay you down, lay you down and softly whisper pretty love words in your ear. Lay you down and tell you all the things a woman loves to hear. I'll let you know how much it means just having you around. Oh, darling, how I'd love to lay you down. And then I think the next week I saw Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like one extreme to the other, right? Right! Toronto! But I ended up working at Maple Leaf Gardens. Um, uh, as as young as uh, twelve years old. Wow, yeah. And I worked there selling these like tiny ice cream bars. So if you can think about selling ice cream in the middle of January, yeah, that was my job. 
<laughs> so, and if you sold one ice cream bar, you got to keep 10%, which was two and a half cents. So if you're you know, selling a heap of them, at the end of the night, you're walking out with $20 in your pocket. Yeah. you got to sell like, a couple hundred ice cream bars, yeah, right? That's a lot of money, right? <laughs> and you got 20 bucks, you can take your girlfriend out for lunch the next day, yeah, right? Yeah. So, but anyway, I'm, I'm working, and it, it was a January, I think. It was a January uh, 1980, and I'm working at a concert, and I figured... If you work the concerts, everybody's like smoking a lot of dope and 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 tipping you about a, yeah. a lot more, right? So I worked uh, at this concert and uh, I had no idea who it was. And the lights come down, and the concert starts, and the guy hits the stage and he rips into uh, um, Ready Teddy. Go man, go! Springsteen on the river tour. Yeah, wow. So uh, I bugged my my brother, my older brother, and I bugged my brother-in-law to take me to Detroit like, the following week to yeah. see him at the Joe Louis. Right. The Joe, so we're at the Joe Louis, <laughs> and then that was it. I was hooked. You were hooked. Like, Two was shows hooked. in a week, and you're like, yeah, wow. Twelve years old, and we got all the records, and the the river had just come out, and I obviously bought. And then back then, you could put like you could put. Greetings on one side of the cassette, the tape, yeah. and the Wild the Innocent on the other side of the tape. Yeah, and I did the same thing for Born to Run, Darkness, Darkness, right? And then yeah, it was it was it was great. It was wow. great times, yeah. Good times. So then that goes all through your teen years, and are you are you are you hooked? Then you're going to you're going to see every show every tour, yeah, pretty guess much. Yeah, that was eight, 1980. Uh, so, so I guess the next time he was here would be uh, Born in the USA. Those it was shows. Born in the USA we tour, and I remember sending away. You couldn't you couldn't couldn't go to Ticketmaster. You had to send away for tickets. You had to put your request. Yeah, Jeff was saying that when we did his episode, you have to like you can send away from them. And, yeah. yeah, and it's like yeah, it's weird. So right? it was that, that there was three shows at uh, the Cine Cine Grandstand they called it, and then as the tour went on, it became a monster. And then he came back the following summer. And he did the Cine Stadium. Oh, course. see, I never knew that. See, those—that's the one big regret I had—is when that record came out. And I remember those shows, like the Summer '84, Summer '85. I was like ten years old. I yeah, I couldn't go. I didn't have the means to go to every concert I wanted to. And I was—I remember it's a heartbreaking moment. But so he played three shows at the Grandstand, which was like the twenty, thirty thousand configuration. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. And then um, he came back and he did the full fifty, sixty thousand. Yeah, it was freaking and a monster show. It was crazy. And you went to both, both. I went to all five shows. All five shows. <laughs> all five shows. <laughs> I got about all the t-shirts. Oh, this is this is a song about I guess holding on to something. Yeah, which is harder to do seems in the world today. But uh, this is for. Uh, Seems that what keeps people human is uh, is their ability to to keep dreaming about things. 
Seems like when you lose that. This is for uh, this is for little Steven. He's, he's got he's got a record out called Voice of America right now. It's a real good record. And uh, he's one of my best dreaming partners. to get away from those fools we learn more from a three-minute record baby than we ever learned in school tonight i hear a neighborhood drummer sound i can feel my heart begin to pound you say you're tired and you just want to close your eyes and follow your dream down well, we made a promise, we swore we'd always remember, no treat, baby, no surrender. Like soldiers on a winter's night, with a vow to defend, no retreat, baby, no surrender. When our young faces grow sad and old And hearts of fire grow cold We swore blood brothers against the wind Now I'm ready to grow young again And hear your sister's voice calling us home Across the open yards Believing we could cut some place of our own With these drums and these guitars Cause we made a promise We swore we'd always remember No retreat, baby, no surrender Blood brothers on a summer's night With a vow to defend No retreat, baby, no surrender Tonight the lights are growing dim The walls of my room They're closing in But it's good to see Your smiling face And hear your voice again Now we could sleep In the twilight Honey by the riverbed With a wide open country In our hearts 
Hardcore, man. That's awesome. I think I actually even drove to Detroit with some buddies uh, to see um, the show at the Pontiac Silverdome. Wow. I had the last row up in the. It was like it was. It was insane. Well, that's a, that's a huge stadium too. Yeah. That's even like that's like seventy, eighty people. I don't think it's there anymore. They imploded or yeah, something yeah. like that. But yeah. Wow. I think I saw I saw yeah I saw maybe uh, six shows on that tour. Wow, great. Go through the eighties. Uh, when was the next time you played here? Um, the Tunnel of Love uh, Amnesty thing? Uh, the Tunnel of Love tour never came. Yeah, officially to Canada. It didn't come, but I remember um, 84, 84, 88. 88 was the Amnesty tour, and I was still working at Maple Leaf Gardens. Yeah. And I was working um, part-time, and I had, you know, kind of, what, how old was I then? I must have been, I don't know. 18, 19 maybe. I think I just finished high school or something. Yeah. But uh, I remember um, I had the keys for the joint. I had the keys for every room <laughs> in the whole building. Right? It was insane. Why they would give me the keys, I have no idea. But So it was the Amnesty Tour, and I remember they were looking for venues to do a show in Toronto, and the stadium was booked for, some, for a baseball game, and uh, every other place was booked. The Sky Dome wasn't around. Yeah. They were even thinking about doing something at Downs View or something, but it came down to it that it was at Maple Leaf Gardens. Yeah. And it was the obviously the smallest venue on that whole tour, tour right? I guess they just wanted to get a Toronto like Canadian stop. And that yeah, was with Tracy available. Chapman and... Um, Sting, Peter Gabriel. Sting, Peter Gabriel, Yusuf Endur. Um, um, yeah, it, it, was, it was amazing. So... There it is, a show, and I rush to the gardens after my my full time job, and um, and I go backstage, and and there's the boss. Wow! And I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> what am I gonna do? What am I gonna say? I have no idea. Yeah. And, and you're a full on hardcore fan by this time too. Right? This at, like at that time, it was ten like, years into your like. Yeah, at that time, it yet. was like. You know, it, it, like, I, I just can't even explain it. It's like, you know, someone that you would never thought you would be that close to. In, Plus um, the way his stardom just went in that Born in the USA thing. He, it was, he was, a he was like, he was the hugest was thing in the world. Right? Yeah. So he's so a full-on superstar, right? He, he definitely was. So, um, yeah, I just kind of mustered up the uh, the courage to go up to him. And they were handing out these, like, little ams, um, amnesty charter of rights booklets. So yeah. I just, hey, Bruce, I'm a big fan of yours. And he... He shook my hand. He said, "Thank you." I said, hey, "You know, would you mind signing this?" And he did, and uh, and that was it. 
Yeah. I just kind of like, you know, you don't want your... You don't want to bother him, but you, you can't don't, think of the perfect thing to say. Yeah, so you just you don't be, want your heroes to break your heart yeah, anyway, too. Cause I know. Something, you know, so I, I know. just kind of left it at that. And, um, yeah, so that was, I think that was 1988. And um, somewhere I got that concert on a DHS tape or something. So, yeah, bootleg. Yeah. Yeah, so cool. Far between sundown's fish And midnight's broken toe We've got inside the doorway from the crashing As majestic pairs of boats Struck shadows in the sun Seem underneath the charms of free flashing Flashing for the warriors The strength is enough to fight As we listen one last time, 
go through your while we're talking concerts here let's just go through the uh have you, i guess you've seen a lot of springsteen shows you know i actually lost track yeah. I, I used to keep track but i lost track uh, so that was, was there any toronto shows you've missed no no obviously not. so every toronto show every toronto show and you've traveled yeah a well as um, i wanted to see one of my bucket list things was i wanted to see springsteen in italy yeah that would have been you know that was one homeland right yeah <laughs> Italian, i want to see springsteen in italy so i I told my wife, I said, uh, you know, hey, baby, I'm going to go to Italy and I'm going to see Springsteen. I'll be back in a few days, right? She goes, your wife? I said, I'm going to go to Italy to see Springsteen. You just made like this last minute plan? Well, it was a couple months, you know. Okay. She goes, you're kidding, right? I go, no. She goes, I have never been to Europe and you've been a bunch of times and you think you're going there without me? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I got the kids and this and that. It's kind of expensive. She goes, no. Either we all go together or you're not going. <laughs> so... I'm not really the boss in my house, right? right so right, my right. wife's the boss. Yeah. So I'm like, oh shit, how am I gonna pull this off, right? So I said, okay, we'll, we'll make a family vacation out of it, and we'll just go, right? So we went, and uh, we went for two weeks. We stayed a week in Rome and uh, a week in Florence, yeah. and the show was in Florence, and it was beautiful weather for uh, 13 days, and then the day of the concert was at the Olympic Stadium in Florence. So we went, and it was sunny and uh it was old old stadium and one side was covered right yeah so we're in the covered section and i got tickets i think i got tickets from uh eddie mannion okay from eddie mannion what year were this man oh my god what tour was this this is like recently the last 10 years maybe i gotta think about my kids ages so my baby boy was nine months old so i'm thinking maybe about eight years ago okay no no sorry um about seven years ago. So, so it's probably the Wrecking Ball 2012. That's what around. it was. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Seven years ago. So so that was the that was the huge band. He had like horn section. He had all the percussion guys. Yeah. He had like background singers. Yeah. Was huge yeah. It was, it was it was cool. So yeah. we went and it started raining. And I was like, oh, it's raining, whatever. We're well, you guys are covered. It was already. covered. But it kept on raining. It didn't stop. And the yeah. more it rained, uh, Bruce would press it During the show. During, during the, the show. show yeah, it was yeah. insane. And it was was this like a nighttime show? Obviously, was it yeah, dark? Yeah, dark, yeah. Dark, yeah. Dark, yeah. But, but I think it started raining half hour into the show. 
And it was crazy. So anyway, we, but no we, one's leaving. Everybody's just having a good no, time. No, everybody was partying hard. And then we also had these like kind of like passes to go into something called the um, E Street E Street uh, Lounge or something. Okay, yeah. And, VIP uh, kind of thing or whatever. Yeah. So we went to that thing, and I think I had I had been to another one. I think I had been to another VIP thing like that, but it was kind of like it was nothing compared to the VIP in Italy. Yeah. Because they had like <laughs> Suprasata, they yeah. had salami, they, they had, had the great cheeses, yeah. they had free wine, they had like, all, they had, it was like going to a wedding, they had all the, wow, all right? this food. I was like, fuck, this is amazing, you know? Yeah, we should have got here earlier. <laughs> yeah, so we were having a good time and 
so I got it. I got the tickets from from Eddie Mannion, but I asked my buddy Joe Gusecki if he can get me tickets. So he says, "I'll ask Eddie to get you the tickets." And so I called him. I said, "Yeah, Joe, I got the tickets. I'm gonna pick them up at the box office there in Florence." He goes, "Okay." He goes, "If you see Steve, Steve Van Zandt, tell him I said hello." I go, "Well, I don't think he's gonna be in that area." But he goes, "Well, if you see him, you know, tell him I said." Is this like, Joe saying that to you? Yeah. Okay. I'm like, "Yeah, whatever, Joe." So um, I go to the show and it's a little VIP area, and lo and behold, Steve Van Zandt walks into this area and he's like meeting and greeting and doing these things. And my wife goes, "Hey, this is before the show, right?" This is before the yeah. show. So my wife says, "Hey, didn't Joe ask you to go and talk to him?" I go, "I'm not gonna go interrupt the guy's conversation with someone." I'm, that's just to say, "Hey, Joe says hi." Or yeah, whatever. I'm not doing <laughs> that. Right? I'm not doing that. But women have a different way, right? Yeah. So she says, "Well, I'm gonna go talk to his wife." I'm like. Go ahead. Right? So <laughs> she did, and she talked to Maureen, who's an absolutely lovely, lovely lady. Yeah, they became fast friends in like yeah. five seconds. Probably. Yeah. That's the way women do it. Guys yeah. are not like that, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so then she just pulls Steve, and she says, oh, Steve, these are friends of the Grusheckis. you got to come and talk to them. So she hauls him away from someone conversation. And at the time, I was This is just, the first time you met Steve? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's the first time I met him. And at that time, I was in the negotiations on buying the Elmo Combo. Right, okay. And Steve had played at the Elmo Combo, and I found out later on that that was his first ever solo show was at in Toronto with the Disciples of Soul. Really? That would have been like, what, 84 or something like that? Would, no, it was, Earlier? Uh, I think it was um, 82. 82, okay. It was his first solo wow. show. And um, it was at, and he, that was at the Elmo Combo, and he had... Um, Dino Danelli on the drums, yeah, some and, of the rascals, uh, yeah. and Eddie Mannion was in the uh, in the band. So we, I started talking to him about the Elmo Combo, and he was like, he was like, "Wow, that's amazing!" You know. Are you ready? Good evening, and welcome to the corner of College and Spadina, beneath the neon palms of the Elmo Combo. Tonight, Chum FM is proud to present Capital Recording Artists. Let's hear it for Little Steven and the Disciples of Soul. Drop the double body, we're all going down, baby The neighborhood 
So yeah, and uh, so Maureen says, you know, if you're ever in New York, give us a call. And uh, and I did a couple years later, and we went out for dinner. It was amazing. Wow. <laughs> yeah, dinner with uh, little Stephen. <laughs> it was wild. 
It was wild. So, um, yeah, and they took us to this uh, really cool Italian restaurant called uh, Palma, Palma Restaurant. And I asked, I said, why did you guys choose this restaurant? And uh, they said, well, you, you know, you're Italian, and we figured you'd like Italian food. I'm like, yeah, I do. And she <laughs> said, well, we, we, we would come here all the time, and our server uh, was a big uh, um, E3 band, Bruce Springsteen fan, and uh, she would come serve us, and uh, that server was Lady Gaga. Wow. I'm like, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> At that restaurant. It yeah, like restaurant. so she was, uh, I can't remember, uh, you know, Lady Gaga's real name, is it? I forgot. Yeah. Anyway, sure, yeah. so she. But then they ended up knowing each other. So yeah, it was crazy. So that was yeah, that was uh, that was my Italy experience, and then um, then I ended up buying the Elmo combo. And then when uh, the E Street Band played at the uh, Sky Dome or Rogers Center or whatever they call it yeah. now, um, I booked uh, kind of like a um, you know E Street after party after type party of, at the Elmo. After the show, and my buddy Joe Durso came up uh, for the show, and he played, and um, and he says, "Oh, I, I invited a couple band members to come up after the show to jam with us." I'm like, "Really? Like, would you invite?" He goes, oh, "Maybe Jake, maybe Gary Talent will come up. I don't know." I'm like, "Okay, cool, right?" So we're doing the show, and we're having a good time, and a lot of people came came to the uh, venue after the uh, the concert, and um, and Jay Clemens showed up. Sure, though, yeah. And uh, I was like, wow, this is great. Jake's here, right? So uh, we kind of hit it off, and we became uh, friends. And then he was he was in town a few months after. I think the tour came back. It was in Ottawa. But then Ottawa-Hamilton, I want to say, or something. It kind of skipped. That was 2012. So the Toronto show, that was, that was uh, August 2012. And I think he came back to Hamilton like in October. Something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. where they were, they were in Ottawa. But then some of the band was staying in Toronto. Right, okay. And then traveling to Hamilton. Something like that. So Jake called me. He goes, hey, man, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm working. <laughs> I'm working at the bar. He goes, oh, I'm in Toronto. I'm like, oh, wow. He goes, he goes, let's go out. So I'm like, all right. So we went. Then we went to a few bars. We hit the Orbit Room and the Dakota. Yeah, yeah. And we came Took back to the Cadillac. And it was great. So he's yeah. a cool guy. Hey, Jake, you get along good with him? Jake is a great guy. He ends up... Um, did up, he play here once? He's played here uh, three times. Yeah, yeah, wow. And we ended up um, doing some shows together, and um, and then I ended up introducing him to um, a good friend of mine in uh, Belleville, Mark Rashad, who um, I was looking for kind of a third show the first time. I, I did three shows with Jake. I, I did Niagara, Toronto, and I needed that kind of third show to make it all work. Yeah. And I ended up booking a show in Belleville, and uh, it was at Mark's Theater, the Empire Theater. And um, Mark joined him on stage and played guitar, because he's an unbelievable guitar player. And then they became fast friends, and I, I called Mark uh, a couple months later. I said, hey, Mark, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm in Brighton. I'm like, Brighton, Ontario? He goes, no, I'm in Brighton, England. I'm like, what are you doing there? So I'm touring with Jake. You need to, you know, yeah, you need picked a him guitar up player, band, right? Yeah, yeah. So, Charles was telling me about that. Yeah, he's like, uh, yeah, this guy's from uh, Belleville, Ontario. Oh, he's, he's a great band. guy. He's a yeah. legend. He's a yeah. legend. And he was in a great band in the early '80s called Photograph, and they were signed. To, oh, I've heard of them. Yeah, they were signed to Capitol Records. So now, anyway, Mark became uh, Jake's uh, uh, confidant, good friend, mentor, guru, and uh, guitar player, manager. Yeah. And uh, so Jake spends a lot of time in Belleville. And, 
once in a while he's passes he's, through yeah once in a while he stays at my place but he's uh <laughs> he's the only guy that threatened to move out of the states if trump got elected yeah and he did he, did he actually do that he lives north north montreal and uh he has a beautiful beautiful fiance jessica and they just had a baby and uh so he is uh, becoming uh, a true canadian wow. Jake Clements, an adopted Canadian. The rain falls down from the sky. I'm crying, there's tears from my eyes. I'm never gonna stop or give up this fight. I'm never gonna stop. Through all your uh, concert experiences over the year, do you have a favorite show? Do you have like a couple of moments there mm. that you can remember that stand out besides the Italy rain? <laughs> uh, one of the coolest shows I must have seen was the Tunnel of Love tour in Detroit. Yeah. Went to Detroit to see the Tunnel of Love tour, and I thought that was like, I thought that was a fantastic tour, you know? Yeah, he had a, he had a horn section for that, right? Yeah. Steven was gone, so then he had Patty. Uh, Patty and Nils and like the band kind of stepping up a little bit there. Yeah, I, yeah, that was a fantastic. And I remember doing a bus tour 
you know, these bus tours that you would see in the paper and you, you'd buy a ticket for the bus and the, and the show. So I went to a, uh, um, a school, to a high school and all, it was like mostly dudes because it was like technical school, right? Yeah, yeah. And then there was like one hot chick in the school. And I was like, man, I can ask her out. That would be amazing, right? And, uh, and I don't know, for some reason she was kind of into me too. And so I asked her, we went to the show and, and she, she says, oh, he's going to play Born to Run. He's going to play Born to Run. I'm like, yeah, yeah he's going to play Born to Run. He, <laughs> he plays at every show. He's going to play Born to Run. So after the show, she goes, oh, that was a great show, but it's too bad he didn't play Born to Run. I'm like, you're kidding me, right? She goes, I didn't play. I said, yeah, he played it acoustically. She goes, really? I was like the longest bus ride home. I never, seen her. I never seen her again. After that. <laughs> okay, that's that's a deal breaker right there. No, I don't give a shit how good looking you are. You're out. You're yeah, yeah. In the day we sweated out on the streets of a runaway American dream. At night we ride through mansions of glory and suicide machines. Sprung from cages on Highway 9 Chrome wheel fuel injected I'm stepping out over the line Baby, this town rips the bones from your back It's a death trap It's a suicide rap I gotta get out while I'm still young Cause tramps like us Baby, we were born to run. Well, Wendy, let me in. I want to be your friend. I want to guard your dreams and visions. Yeah, just wrap your legs around these velvet rims. Strap your hands across my engines. And together we could break this trap We'll run till we drop And baby, we'll never go back Walk with me out on the wire Girl, I'm just a scared and lonely rider But I gotta know how it feels I wanna know if love is wild I wanna know if love is real We'll be on the palace And be power drones Scream down the boulevard A girl's comb her hair In her rear view mirrors And the boys try to look so are huddled on the beach in the mist Well, I want to die with your Wendy on the street tonight in an everlasting kiss Well, a highway's jammed with broken heroes on the last chance power drive Everybody's out on the run tonight to 
show and um but then i've seen him like in a lot of different environments i've seen him in you know the stone pony i've seen him at uh um obviously the paramount and asbury a bunch of times i've seen him uh, um uh, some really cool shows were in pittsburgh i've seen four shows in pittsburgh at the sailors and soldiers memorial hall i think okay. it's called and uh, two shows with Joe Gershecki. Um And then uh, the following year or the year after, he did two more shows. Wow. So, yeah, they were amazing. Wow. And so I guess your first show was the River Tour, right? Yeah. And then you saw all everything up to that sort of 2000, remember the Reunion Tour? Yeah. What was that like for you? Because when that happened, that was actually the first time I saw uh, Bruce was on that tour. And, that was 99? Uh, was it 99? Uh, he played Toronto May 2000, but the tour started in 99, oh, right. right? And you kind of hit Toronto towards yeah. the end of the tour. Yeah, that was at the uh, ACC. Yeah, that was a great show. Yeah, so good. And uh, But, uh, yeah, what did you think of those reunion shows? Did you oh, catch, that, a, did you catch were, a lot of those ones? Or? I, um, oh, my God. I think I went to New Jersey for a few of those shows, and I went to I'm trying to think of where I was in 2000 in my life and what was going on, and... Uh, I think I seen four or five shows on that on that tour. Yeah, because the tour kind of surprised me. Like ninety nine, two thousand. Like some of the like the information wasn't as available as it is today. Yes, right. Like yeah. the internet was there, but like it didn't give yeah. a set list or it didn't couldn't really find tour dates like so easily. So I remember I used to go to a lot of record shows and collect bootlegs and stuff like that. Yeah. And I remember going to a record show and this guy had like a, a VHS type tape and it was like Springsteen, E Street Band, Dublin. Not like 1999 and I'm like mm. what the f I didn't even know they were on tour I didn't know the tour had started right yeah. so I'm like I gotta have this so I took I got the bootleg and I remember taking it home and just seeing there was like a one camera shot of this guy in the front row and he was just 
and there's the band, and he, it was the full two and a half hour show. Wow! Right? And it was just like <laughs> so incredible, and that's kind of when my fandom went to this kind of hardcore level, like after seeing him live, you know, and that kind of whole religious experience that people talk about, right? And that that set list on that on that tour was so great, right? With the whole band back together and you know playing all the greatest hits and certain different arrangements and things, you know. So I always talk. You know, endlessly about that tour. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was fantastic! Yeah, so that was great, a great yeah. tour. Did you uh, did you check out Springsteen on Broadway? I did. Yeah, yeah I did. What'd you think of that? Um, I I thought it was fantastic. You know, and I lost my father a couple years ago, and so it was kind of like, whoa, it was pretty heavy for yeah, me. Yeah, the bit about his dad, and then he follows it up with a bit about his mom too. Yeah, I don't know if you're a mama's boy, but I am a little bit, right? So. Yeah, well, I'm Italian. Every Italian's a mama's boy. Yeah, 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 right. So like some of that stuff is just, was just yeah. really heavy, right? Yeah, it was. It was like it was. Un- unreal it was fantastic it was so like I love it how it was it was a kind of a new thing for Springsteen too right it wasn't like a regular concert of his it wasn't even like one of his regular acoustic shows yeah, it was like something that it no wasn't like ever it was created. kind of a little bit like the book a little bit like his it was like a mix kind of everything yeah. something new yeah, right? it was fantastic really great really great yeah so and uh, what I took away from that was like I'd seen it in June and it was like uh, um, it was like him, you know, like you walked away from the show saying, wow, it seems like he did that for the very first time tonight. Yeah. That's how amazing it was, you know. Yeah, so June, that, that would have been like, <clears throat> what, uh, maybe, who knows, 150 shows into it. Yeah, still, I was like, what Still fresh, and you're still yeah. able to get to those emotional moments yeah. in the show and, and kind of deliver those those beats. And, like, I was talking to, a, like, a co-worker about the show, too, and let's, like, you know, he mentions in the show, like, this is the first time I ever had to work five days a week yeah. in my life or whatever, yeah. right? For him to hit the same beats night after night, right, and set up these stories with these, you know, emotional um, introductions and things like that, and for him to be able to, you know, bring del- that emotion and deliver it every night, yeah. it's just incredible. Oh, it, was it speaks to the performance. It was wild. The guy that he is. But, right? um, yeah, I, I think I went to a Light of Day show one time in Sayersville, New Jersey, yeah. and it was at a place called the Star, Starland Ballroom. Actually owned by a friend of mine, Tony Pellegrosi, who uh, was an original member of uh, Southside Johnny's band. Yeah, okay. Trumpet player. Anyway, I went to that show, and um, and we're in this kind of like area, and I bumped into this guy, and I almost bowled him over, and I realized it was, it was Bruce. I was like, oh my God, dude, I'm so sorry, man. <laughs> and... Uh, and then at that time, I, I'd gotten to know Joe Grzecki quite a bit, and uh, and he called me backstage, and uh, we went backstage, and I met him again, and it was great. And then we went from the backstage for some reason we had to go out in the parking lot to get into another area of the building. I can't remember exactly yeah. what was happening, so I was ready to just go back into the venue and just kind of hang out. And Joe says, "No, no, no," he goes, "Come with us." So it was just me, Bruce, and Joe walking in this dark parking lot. And this guy popped out of nowhere with this giant poster. He says, hey, Bruce, can you sign this? Can you sign this? And Bruce like, no, no, I'm not signing anything right now. He goes, give me a break here. What was like he was going to perform? He's on the way to the stage? Or? We were, I don't know, what were we doing? What were we doing? We were, we were, we were backstage, and I think Joe and Bruce were going to go to another kind of area of the venue to maybe rehearse a couple of songs. Oh, okay, so they're in. I don't, I don't know. And, uh, <clears throat> but that was kind of funny. That was kind of weird. And then, <laughs> and then, um, and every time at a light of day show, Joe would always, you know, kind of bring me backstage and uh, meet Bruce. And I'm not the guy to want to have my picture taken with yeah. a celebrity. It's just like, 
I, I, I just can't do it. I just, I, I yeah, it seems I a little awkward. I, it feels so. I had this like Canon camera. Yeah. At the time, I was just taking pictures of the show, and we're backstage, and uh, and Joe's like, "Hey, uh, Sam, you, you got a picture with Bruce?" I go, uh, "No, I don't." <laughs> he goes, "Come on, come on, take a picture." I'm like. So I got a great picture. I got a great picture of me, Bruce, and Joe together. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. He, he kind of stuck his neck out there for you because you probably knew you weren't going to ask or something like that, maybe. I would not have asked. I would have, <laughs> I would have, don't get me wrong. I'd love to have a picture, but it was like, so yeah, we got a cool picture, and uh, I'm probably about 30 pounds uh, heavier than I am now in oh. that picture. So I was like, huh, maybe I'll get another picture 30 pounds later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got a favorite record? Desert favorite, Island, what would you take to the yeah, river? Yeah, I would definitely take the river, for sure. Yeah. I guess that's your entry point and seeing the show for well, the first time. Well, it's just a lot of great songs. I love the slow ballads. I love the rockers. I, I just think it's the most perfect record. Yeah, it kind of covers kind of everything. Well, he said like he wanted to kind of base that record similar to a live show, right? The pacing of a live show, how he's got like the party songs on mm. there. He's got sort of the kind of the slow ballads on there. He's got some, you know, deeper yeah. um, things. And he's got some just some fun songs you know so it's just like i said I, I party rock here yeah. i got a turntable here in my in my layer above the cadillac and i i love to play that record here yeah excellent yeah how about uh how about like a favorite member of the band e street guys oh it has to be my buddy jake for sure yeah yeah i love, I love him he's great jake's cool eh? and uh you know different versions of that band all through the years right like if you hear like the first record like greetings it's mm -hmm. almost like a different East Street band right like you got yeah, you got Claire's Danny and Gary but you got you know Dave Sanchez and Vinny Lopez I, I was talking to Vinny last Saturday yeah. in, in, in Asbury Park he's like he, yeah you were at the light of day yeah was he, last he, he, he plays with every band and every little joint he's on the drums he's always getting up there and jamming eh? So what about the future, man? What about the future of Springsteen East Street, man? What are you looking forward to this year coming up? Well, I, I guess there's some story that he's not going on tour, but he also has this record that he's recorded that's almost two years old now. Yeah, he, he, was, holding, he was holding on to it. I guess the rumor is that it's like an Americana country-ish yeah. kind yeah, of record. Yeah, yeah. And he was holding on to it because when Trump got elected, it didn't really fit right. the scheme of yeah. what he wanted to do. But now he's kind of ready for it. I don't know. He, I... I don't know what he's going to do this year. He, he's, I have no idea. But I guess uh, he's on vacation now. He's been working hard for the last yeah. 15 months, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the cool thing about Springsteen is that he's not, you know, he, he'll, he'll always do something different. He'll always do something with a different twist yeah. to it. So that's kind of cool, you know? A lot of things. Like, he kind of already put the kibosh on the rumor that the, the band's going to tour this year. Um, he's kind of saying 2020. Um, possibly but uh, you never know though right like when that the river tour he did in 2016 that just kind of came came together really quick yeah, I think that, he, that, that was amazing I think he was saying he was just going to do like maybe one show to celebrate the release of the box set and then one show was like oh we're going to do one show let's do 10 and then 10 turned into yeah, like 30 and 30 turned into like yeah. yeah I saw I saw the the river show at Madison Square Garden before, I guess before they did one, one yeah, 2009, working on the dream, working on a dream tour. Yeah. I think towards the end of the tour, he was starting to do things where it's like, okay, we're gonna play a full album as part of the set. So, yeah, like, one night he did the river, and the next night he did the wild, the innocent. Yeah. But he'd only done the river, I think, the one time before, yeah, prior to the big tour in 2016. That was the Madison Square. Square I, I was at that show, yeah. and then the next night was uh, the wild, the innocent, which was another great record. and uh, I was there, I was like in New York, and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe 
I can't get tickets for this show. I wanted to go, right? So I was like, that was kind of like, oh, my, maybe my Springsteen fandom is coming down. Like, I'm not, you know. Yeah, I'm not as hardcore as I used to be. <laughs> well, it was not so much that. It was just like, I couldn't get tickets. I was like, I'm not going to buy scalper tickets. But, yeah, yeah. like, I just wanted to get tickets at face value, right? Yeah. So, but, yeah, a lot of great memories. I remember drinking with him one, one night until, like, 5.30 in the morning at a little back room of the Wonder Bar. Really? We went down for a light of day show, and it was one of the years where he showed up, and um, we're backstage. No, we're at the Wonder Bar, and and um, after the show, so we go to the bar, and it's like one forty-five, and I order a bunch of drinks, and um, and in ten minutes, the bouncers are saying, "Hey, come on, you got to drink up, you got to drink up." I'm like, "What are you talking about? I just ordered a bunch of drinks. Why, why, why are you rushing me to drink?" And I got, they got this stupid law there that you have to hold your drink in your hand after 2 o'clock. You can't have, a, like, a beer sitting on a table? No. What <laughs> fucking law is that, right? That's weird, man. So I'm like, whatever. I'm, I'm just trying to drink my drinks. And then uh, <laughs> uh, Joe calls me. He goes, where are you? I'm like, I'm in the bar having a drink. He goes, I'm going to come and get you. He comes and gets me and takes me to this backstage area. And... Um, and it's a full-on bar, and all the volunteers are there. And, yeah, yeah. and I'm—I should say that this is an after-show party kind of thing, right? Yeah, and I'm—I'm I'm the vice president of Lighted Day Canada. Yeah, and we did a bunch of shows here. So he says you got to come back. So I go back there, and and we had um, that year we brought down the Beauties down to the show, and uh, they played, and they were awesome. So the Beauties are backstage, and. Um, and Bruce is there, and he's holding court, he's doing his thing, and again, I'm not the one to, you know, so Joe's like, he's waving me over, he's waving me over, I'm like, no, I'm not coming over, I'm not doing it, no, he goes, get over here, right? <laughs> and then Bruce sees uh, that Joe's trying to get my attention, and Bruce says, get over here. So, <laughs> you, so Bruce waves you over, and you're summoned, I guess you gotta go You can't say no, can't so say I went no. over, and uh, <laughs> he's like, he was, hey, how you doing? Like, hey, how you doing? I heard you're the coolest guy in Canada. I said, well, you're not lying, right? So, <laughs> which is always what, how Joe introduces me to Bruce. Yeah. The coolest guy in Canada. So I'm like, and he knows about the Cadillac Lounge and the whole bit yeah. and this and that. So it's kind of great. And um, But yeah, man, we drank that that that, that night until like 5.30 in the morning. I, was, I, I drank myself sober. I was like tequila and beer, tequila and yeah, beer. Yeah. And it was 5.30, I said, I got to go. I was staying at the hotel across the road. And I said, okay, Bruce. Bruce was still there at 5.30? Oh, yeah. Holding court. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, do you think he'd want to, like, all right, I had enough of this. I need some privacy. But he's, he's, he's hanging, there to have a good time. He's the night owl. So he's yeah. having a good time. And I said, Bruce, I got to fly. I got to go, man. He goes, where are you going? I said, my flight leaves <laughs> in three hours. I'm going to be on the plane drunk. And he gave me a big, giant bear hug. He yeah. goes, oh, God bless you. I love you. And he gave me a kiss. I'm like... That's my night. I gotta go. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> so cool, man. All right, Sam. Well, thanks for uh, my pleasure, man. Sharing some stories, like I, like I said before, like I love doing this podcast because it, you know, it helps gives me an excuse to talk to other Bruce fans and mm-hmm. kind of discuss some of these stories and like actually document these stories, right? Like because we talk all the time, but it's kind of nice to, you know, have have it on record now. And, 
revisit some of these stories. Yeah, so I mean, cool. you, you can't go wrong with the boss. Like, I love it. And, um, and you know, the cool thing about listening to Springsteen, it kind of takes you into a lot of other connections with other bands. Yeah, for sure. I don't think I would have met Joe Goshecki without Springsteen, and Joe's a really, really good friend of mine. And um, I don't think I would have met Jake and all these guys. So it's, it's and then other bands, like, just, it, it's, it's, it's really cool, all the connections that it kind of yeah. brings in, right? John Eddy. Yeah. Um, who I seen on Saturday, who is just totally hilarious and a good friend. He's just um, yeah, it's, it's it's great, you know. Yeah, Springsteen crosses all boundaries too. Like even all types of music, right? Rockabilly, punk, heavy metal, country. They everybody kind of digs Springsteen. Right? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. What do you want to play? Let's leave out on a song here. Pick any song you want to play here. Oh, what should uh, we uh, go out with? I'm gonna I'm gonna go deep. Yeah, go on deep. <laughs> I have a little girl, and uh, her name is Stella, and she's almost three. And uh, I'm I'm gonna pick. Um, Ricky wants a man of her own. Good one. That's, deep. That's a deep. <laughs> That's track. a good one. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks, Sam. All right, buddy.
That's the show, folks. Thanks for listening. You can find us on our website at trampslikeuspod.com, communicate with us on Facebook at our Tramps Like Us podcast group page, and on Twitter at Tramps Like Us Pod. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, where you can leave a review and a five-star rating. Tramps Like Us podcast is a nonprofit audio fanzine created by fans for fans and is available for free. We are not affiliated with Bruce Springsteen or Columbia Sony Records. If you've heard any music you like, please find it and purchase it from BruceSpringsteen.net, iTunes, Amazon, your local record store, or wherever music is sold. As always, gratitude and respect to Bruce Springsteen and all past and current members of the heart-stopping, pants-dropping, hard-rocking, booty-shaking, earthquaking, love-making, Viagra-taking, history-making, testifying, death-defying, legendary, E Street Band.